Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests we've had on JM in the AM. Robertson Dr. Adina Schmidman joined us recently from the OU to discuss two important initiatives. Here's that conversation on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Robertson Dr. Adina Schmidman is with us live via telephone, directs the uh, Department of Women's Initiatives at the Orthodox Union. couple of events uh, noteworthy events that are going on that we're going to discuss this morning here at JM and the AM. Robertson, Dr. Adina Schmidman, welcome back to JM and the AM. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for welcoming me. A hundred percent. Appreciate that very much. One is called the National Conference for Rebitson's Kala Teachers, Kiruv, and Chinuch Professionals is called Understanding Our Communities. And this is happening July the 19th and 20th up at the Armin Hotel and Conference Center in Stamford, Connecticut. Those who want more information, go to ou.org slash women slash community 22. What is the National Conference for Rebitson's Kala Teachers, Kiruv, and Chinuch Professionals? So the world is complex and becoming, <laughs> I think, more, more complex, to put it mildly. Amen to that. Uh, this, is an, <laughs> this is an opportunity for the women in our communities who have community roles to be afforded the opportunity to network, to hear from experts, to explore issues and concerns, to find direction and support so that they can be better positioned to react and to support the women in their communities. It says, sorry about that. It says here that they'll have an opportunity to connect with other women in communal roles, to develop a deeper understanding of challenges in our community, to build a network of resources, to gain spiritual chizuk and renewed energy and impact their, their own community in a meaningful way. Now, that is all those are very you know general uh, terms and the benefits of being at this conference, uh, I would assume that there'll be specific topics discussed, some of them very sensitive topics uh, discussed when everyone gets together starting July 19th. Absolutely, absolutely. Looking at issues of trauma and grief, how do you help others through those issues? How do you, uh, when mental health gets in the way of a person's journey to observance, uh, perinatal mental health, when cancer and being from intercept, so many issues. And, and here's really the challenge. Women who are in these communal positions have not had necessarily tra- training, mental health training in these issues. Uh, Rebitsons, there's no Rebitson school. So what are the tools in their toolbox? Kala teachers, there's no Kala teachers school. Care of professionals, professionals, they may have, presumably or hopefully, they have support and they've had background in education, but what happens in this mental health area? What are the tools in their toolbox? So we're coming along and saying, let's explore these issues, let's give you support, let's highlight that this is a need in the community to understand the community so that these women can be better positioned to support their communities. And also they need to feel inspired and supported themselves and have an opportunity to rejuvenate and to feel that somebody's looking out for them and somebody has their their best interests in mind because it is no fun when you are caught on your back foot and you don't have this 
this information, this knowledge, this support at your fingertips. And I would guess that uh, leaving this conference with, uh, you know, more connections. I mean, networking is obviously important, but not just connections, but the uh, the the ability uh, to be able to call somebody to uh, uh, go over a situation or to review a circumstance with someone who might have more experience uh, in this field. I mean, just just, Absolutely. just leaving with those connections, leaving with those associations uh, could be a great benefit. Rebbitson, Dr. Adina Schmidman is with us live via telephone. The National Conference for Rebbitson's College Teachers, Kiruv and Chinuch Professionals, uh, with all the topics that she just discussed, and I'm sure many others as well, there's so many things going on in our community these days. Uh, it's almost hard to believe um, the volume of, um, of, of, of episodes, incidents, and situations that our leadership has to go through. I'm sure it drives you crazy sometimes. Uh, you could get information by going to ou.org slash women slash community 22. Again, that's ou.org slash women slash community 22. Again, it's happening July 19th and 20th uh, this coming week up at the Armin Hotel and Conference Center in Stamford, Connecticut. Am I right about that, Robertson? That sometimes you just uh, sit back and say to yourself, it's unbelievable how many issues come across your desk in a typical day? It is. It is. And I wear several hats. My husband's the rabbi of the Lower Marion Synagogue, so I'm Robertson of a very large shul in Ballard-Kinwood, Pennsylvania, suburb of Philadelphia. And the challenge really is uh, how do you, and, and this is really the way we're hoping to position this conference where you know it's 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 not very pleasant to feel like you're getting all these issues dumped on you meaning this is this is very intense it's more being positioned as what are the tools what are the strategies what are we walking out with and to your point the networking peer networking expert networking we have a resource fair where we have organizations that are going to be there we want these women to feel it's so important that they feel that they have this space and that they're be- they're being held, their needs are being addressed, and that and that somebody is is looking out for their best interests so that they can serve their communities in an even better way. Uh, and then we hope to have continuing uh, programming beyond the conference so that it's not just a one and done. But now that these women. Under see that this how valuable these opportunities are. We want to carry it forward. So it's it's exciting and it, and I hope invigorating and inspiring, rather than you know somebody walking in and walking out feeling that they're you know they're drowning in this. Yeah. They should actually. We're trying to throw these women a life preserver and pull them onto the boat. Yeah. And, and let them know there's support out there. There's support and they shouldn't be afraid For to sure. ask and they shouldn't be afraid to explore uh, with, with those who have more experience or maybe not more experience, just maybe, you know, uh, any experience in these, uh, in these matters that they should not hesitate to go ahead and consult with them. So that's one thing that uh, uh, we were going to discuss this morning and that's the uh, National Conference for Rebbitson's College Teachers, Kiruv and Chinook Professionals. Next week in Stamford, go to ou.org slash women slash community 22. The other one is the Max and Yeti Mandurer Elite Virtual Summer Bait Midrash. Now, you're becoming experts at this already. Uh, it's amazing how you put together these incredible lineups and uh, carve out a time for people to actually take advantage of a virtual Bait Midrash, this one being a summer Bait Midrash. It starts on July the 25th. Explain how this is going to work. We're really excited about this. To your point, this is uh, we're coming back to this again and again because we see that this space is a 
phenomenal opportunity for women across the world to gather together in different high level and high level classes where there is there are talented educators. We have a, a lineup that is stellar, educators from Israel, educators from the United States, just sharing words of Torah, Tanakh, Halacha, Jewish history, Tikkun Hamidot. Each class meets four times, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. There are morning classes, there are evening classes, and you can sign up for one, you can sign up for six, uh, and it's an opportunity to both hear from the educator, but what is a, a wonderful use of technology, you can also use Zoom and use the feature of breakout rooms. Oh, so wow. it's, there's also, depending on the class, a Chavrusa aspect as well. So we're very thrilled to be hosting this. And during a time, during the three weeks, where we want to feel like we're not just feel like we're growing, we are growing and we're, we're learning more. We're, we're becoming more fine tuned in our connection with, uh, with Hashem, feeling closer to Yerushalayim to understand the Chorban better and feel it more. This is a, a really unique opportunity and we're very grateful to the Adler Foundation who named this program in memory of uh, Helen Adler's parents, Massonieri Manderer, who supported Torah learning, and particularly women's Torah learning. And uh, we really, the, the, the classes are fantastic, and we're really excited. We did open up a new opportunity this year where we're encouraging shuls to sign up. Mm. And this is a really fantastic space. So if you're, you know, if, if listeners uh, want to hear more about this, we're really excited where we're encouraging shuls to sign up and they can do a hybrid where you gather your women, either in someone's home or in the shul, sit together, learn together in real time, real people <laughs> next to each other. And then when the instruction comes on, flip to the screen. And then when the breakout rooms happen, turn to your neighbor and talk to them in person. So it's a really great opportunity especially for shuls that may uh, maybe um, may not have the resources to bring in these marquee name speakers, you can, and we're going to help you do that. The, uh, it's dedicated by the Emanuel and the Helen Adler Foundation. It's the Max and Yeti Mandurer Alit Virtual Summer Bait Midrash featuring people like Mrs. Leah Feinberg, uh, Mrs. Michal Horowitz, Mrs. Uh, Sarah Lipman, Mrs. Rifka Marin, uh, Abigail Meyer, Rebetzin Pesci Neuberger, Rabbanit Shani Tarragon. It happens with morning and evening classes starting on July the 25th through August the 5th in areas of Tanakh, Halacha, Tikkun Amido, Jewish history. Uh, and as you heard uh, Rebetzin Schmidman describe, you have an opportunity opportunity to uh, do this uh, virtually uh, and uh, and you have the opportunity to do it as a synagogue as a group um, with breakout sessions being there live and in person it is a unique opportunity to take advantage of all of these great presenters and uh, and during a period of time during the three <clears throat> during the three weeks when personal growth and our own Jewish education becomes so important to us, even more important than usual. Uh, it's an opportunity to take advantage of this fantastic lineup. Morning and evening classes, July 25th through August the 5th. Here's how you get information. Go to ou.org slash women slash alit 2022. Again, ou.org slash women slash alit, A-L-I-T, 2022. 
OU.org slash women slash Elite 2022. That's how you get information about signing up and being part of the virtual summer Beit Midrash. Uh, Rebetzin Schmidman, as usual, some amazing quality programming coming out of your department, which you should be very proud of. Thank you, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. We're really, really excited and excited to have different offerings, offerings for women who are in communal positions and also for women who are looking to grow in the area of Torah. No question about it. Both being extremely important and information about both, everybody. It's uh, the National Conference for Rebetzin's College Teachers, Kirov, and Chinuch Professionals, OU.org slash women slash community 22, and the Elite Virtual Summer Bait Midrash, OU.org slash women slash elite 2022. Rebetzin Schmidtman, I hope that this uh, upcoming three weeks, which begins on uh, Sunday, uh, will be a uh, not just virtual, but an actual, uh, an actual boost for everybody in the area of Jewish education and communal leadership. Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the bracha. I appreciate it. Great way to start the day. <laughs> I appreciate that and a pleasure speaking with you. Rabbits and Dr. Adina Schmidman, always quality programming coming out of her Department of Women's Initiatives at the OU. Lots to be proud of. Take advantage, everybody. Take advantage. Our people we meet constantly who've heard about these types of programs on this show and have gone ahead to uh, really become staunch uh, attendees of the OU Women's Initiative programs. May that continue for many years to come. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rebetzin Dr. Adina Schmidman. Hillel Fold was with us recently. We discussed a uh, tech update regarding some of the opinions that Hillel has of how people should behave in the workplace. Hillel Fold, a recent guest on JM the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM. Thanks so much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, yesterday, Hillel Fold, who many of you know, and I'm sure plenty of you follow, uh, from Israel, um, uh, gave a short 30-second lesson, a 30-second tip, uh, one of many that he does in regard to uh, conducting business and uh, tips and getting yourself to uh, move along further in the business world. Let's put it that way. He is, of course, Hillel is an American-Israeli technology blogger, vlogger, business advisor, and international speaker. His work focuses on the Israeli high-tech industry, guidance for startup companies, and marketing tips for growing a business or personal brands. And when he released this tip yesterday, I instinctively said, you know what? I would love to speak to Hillel on the air about this. And he acquiesced, and I thank him. He's with us live from Israel. Hillel Fold, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Pleasure to be here. Big fan, as you know. I appreciate that very much. So yesterday, yesterday you gave a tip that today, I don't know if you would say this, uh, if you would have said this years ago, you could tell us if you would have, but today in 2022, your advice is that, and let me know if I have this right, uh, that instead of uh, making a phone call to a potential connection or to a potential client or to anybody uh, in the business world who finds themselves very busy, uh, you'd recommend instead of uh, interrupting someone's workday with a phone call and doing so likely not at their convenience but at your convenience, you would say better off texting, WhatsApping, emailing, and let them answer at their convenience. Does that sum up yesterday's tip? Uh, yes, with a few little disclaimers. First Please. of all, it's very important to emphasize that we're talking about business context. No one's saying that your mother should not pick up the phone and call you. I'm talking about in business. That's number one. Uh, and, and more importantly, I'm talking about non unscheduled calls. So, you know, if you 
uh, emailing with someone, you schedule a call, obviously, and you right. have a call. Right. But uh, just pick up the phone in the middle of the day and call someone to pitch them or to sell them on your product is, in my opinion, both ineffective and borderline obnoxious, if, I, uh, if I'm being, I can be so blunt. Right. Now, my question is, I mean, and I, I alluded to this earlier, uh, would it have been obnoxious 10, 15 years ago or people understood that really the only method or the best method at that point in our business development was, in fact, to pick up the phone and make a cold call? Right. So, I mean, you know, times have changed for sure. And I think, that, you know, the time of the era of kind of stealing someone's time, whether that's in, you know, let's call it TV advertising commercials. We grew up with TV commercials. Obviously today, you know, there are no TV commercials on Netflix. And if there are, you skip it, right? So just the, the concept of taking my time and stealing my time is just not so relevant anymore. And so if you want to get in touch with someone, email them, text them, and they'll contact you or they'll respond to your message on their time. But if you call me in the middle of the day, now I, I need to stop what I'm doing and answer your call. So you know, many people, I posted this on LinkedIn, many people said, so don't answer the phone. And that's true, except that oftentimes I'll get a phone call you know, from my kid's school or something that I right. can't ignore. Right. And so I don't know when the phone's ringing who's calling on the other end. 100%. Hillel Fuld is with us live from Israel. Uh, I'm sad to say, you know what this reminded me of? And I, I would assume you agree. Um, uh, I, I've unfortunately sat Shiva a few times. And uh, you're, you're, one is sitting and, and having you know, visitation from, from family and friends who have come in to, uh, uh, to console the mourner. And the phone will ring. And sometimes the mourner will pick up that phone and interrupt a shiva call where people who really went out of their way to be there in person you know, have come to give them comfort. And, I, and I, I tried very hard to never do that if someone's calling. Again, like you said, you know, text the message or email the message uh, if you can't get through. Uh, but I think some, it, it's amazing to me that, that when I saw your tip, that was one of the first situations I thought of. Yeah, you know, and again, this is I said in the video, it's pretty controversial. And the truth is, again, on LinkedIn, I got absolutely hammered, mostly by salespeople who say, you know, but it works. And my answer to that is, I never said it didn't work. I said it's not a very good practice, and it doesn't send a very good message. There are many things that work. There are better ways to do it. And so the next question is, well, everyone gets so many emails, how do you stand out? And right. my answer to that is, We'll learn how to write an email in a more effective way if your emails are not getting noticed. Right. Understood. Hillel Fold is with us. Also, I noticed that these days, and I, I, I'm wondering if you agree with this, in general, there's so much less communication by telephone, meaning that uh, when when someone's you know used to be inundated with phone calls or, or one would be in the car and spend their time on call after call after call, and again, I'm just talking about checking up on people and checking in with different things uh, you know, business-wise. I'm not talking about you know planned phone calls, uh, you know, scheduled phone calls, et cetera. Uh, and now it seems that most of those conversations are happening through WhatsApp. And, th and those texts and WhatsApps are coming fast and furious the same way phone calls used to. Right. But again, there's a fundamental difference, and that is that I can answer you when I want. It reminds me of, a, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld cuffed, yeah. but uh, there, there's a Seinfeld episode where uh, you know Jerry's at home and he gets a phone call and he picks it up and it's one of these uh, telemarketers trying to sell him something. Hmm. And Jerry says, I can't really speak right now. Can you just give me your number and I'll call you back? And the guy says, I can't give you my number. He says, why? You don't want me calling you at home? Now you know how I feel. Right? And obviously it's a joke, but in reality, you know, if you want to speak to me about something that will help you, meaning if you're, if you're, you know, trying to offer me something, that's a different story. But if you need my help with something or you want to pitch me on your product, just do it in a way that it won't 
disrupt my day and I'll be able to respond to you when I can at my convenience, not at your convenience. All right. Understood. Hello, Fold is with us from Israel. So every day, uh, for those who follow you, they see that you're, you're featuring different people you meet with, uh, some of whom you've known before, others who you're meeting for the first time. Why does it seem that there's never a shortage in the life of Hillel Fold of uh, meet and greets? Why, why are you never uh, at a loss uh, for the ability to introduce new people to the world? That's, that's an interesting question. And the answer is, first of all, the reason I started those features is because pre-COVID, I would be meeting people and, you know, I take my traditional selfie and you know, write a nice post about them. And then COVID happened and I just, you know, was meeting stops. So I said to myself, but I still love, you know, giving other people a stage. I still love, you know, empowering others. So I said, all right, I'll do it this way. And I'll just do daily features. Um, and to answer your question, I mean, you know, I think my entire kind of business philosophy is very, let's call it counterintuitive, or at least not traditional. And that is that most people and most vendors and most salespeople will come over to a company and say, listen, pay me and I'll do something. My philosophy is let me do something. And if you provide, and if that's a value that, you know, you think is valuable to you, then we can talk about money later on. And so, you know, when you're doing something for quote unquote for free, uh, a lot of people want to meet you. And so a lot of startups reach out knowing that if I help them with, you know, an introduction to an investor or whatever it may be, that I'm not taking a dime. And so why would they not meet me? It's pretty amazing, and uh, I guess you need to have a certain discipline in order to have that approach, right? Because uh, obviously people want to be successful, uh, but but as you indicated, you know the majority of people are you know offering a service and want to get paid for it. In order to do what you're doing, I think you need a certain discipline or a certain mindset. How would you put it? So you know, I joke that uh, those that are familiar with Israeli culture in Israel, the worst thing you could possibly be is what we call a friar, which is you know doing something for free. And I joke that I said, my whole career I'm being a friar. And so you know, my philosophy is as follows. When I focus my time and resources on providing value in any form, whether it's an introduction to an investor or helping you tell your story better, whatever it may be, but I focus on that and not on monetization, meaning you're not paying me a dime. What happens is you have no expectations, right? Because you're not paying me. I don't owe you anything. And so everything that I do exceeds expectations. And when you exceed expectations over and over and over again, create delight. It's delightful. And delight can be monetized. Think about anything that brings you delight in your life, you pay for it. And so I'm in that business. If, a, if an entrepreneur comes to me with hearts in their eyes, I can bug bunny. Now we can talk about money. But first, let me deliver. Let me provide the value and we'll discuss money later on. You excited about any of this afternoon's meeting in, meetings in Israel? Oh, I have some, I have some really cool meetings. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm meeting a lot of companies in the drone space. I think we spoke about this last time we actually spoke. Uh, I'm very excited about the drone space. A lot of really cool stuff happening. Uh, but the most important, the most important meeting of the day, I should say, is uh, my my 17, almost 18 year old's graduation from high school tonight. Unbelievable! What's in the future for somebody who's 17 or 18 in uh, Israel? It's uh, it's very exciting because I think that while there's a lot of hype and a lot of you know buzz around Israeli tech, I think that if you look at the numbers. It's very, very clear that we're just getting started. And so you can expect Israel to lead the way in all the different sectors of technology that are going to fundamentally change our lives from self-driving cars to artificial intelligence to robotics. Israel is going to lead the way. We already are. And so, you know, kids growing up now, that's going to kind of break into the tech sector. That's a lot of exciting things ahead of me. I can only imagine. And it's irrelevant who the prime minister is, right? <laughs> I don't, don't even go there. I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> because it's incredible how Israel continues to do what you just described and that countries around the world are are begging, I would assume, to meet with Israeli uh, startups and, and those in the tech industry. And at the same time, politically, it looks like the country's falling apart. So it's funny how one has nothing to do with the other. Yeah, I keep, I've been said before me that the best, the best startup is Israel itself. Um, you know, and, and I should say the biggest miracle, I should say the biggest miracle in, in the state of Israel is that the Israeli army won any war. I mean, it's like so, you know, it's such a balagan in this country. But, you know, on a personal level, I was very, very close with Naftali Bennett, pre-Prime uh, Minister. You know, we were WhatsApping regularly. And, um, you know, on a personal level, I love the guy. Um, politically, I'm not sure what the thought process was here, I'll be honest with you. And I, you know, I, I WhatsApped him pretty much instantly right after he got into office. And I said, sorry, I'm out there and I want to defend you and I want to, you know, stand up for you. But I don't really know what to say to people who say that two weeks ago you made a pledge that you'd never sit in the government with the Arab parties or with the IWP. And here you are two weeks later. Uh, and, you know, he didn't have much uh, of a response because, you know, there's, there's really nothing to say. Um, but, you know, I, I do, I, I am upset about the way he, uh, conducted himself over the last couple of months, and it's not a surprise to me that the government fell apart. I am curious to see what will happen next. Yeah, politics is funny, to say the least. Uh, well, at least you followed your own rule. You didn't communicate with him by a telephone call. You communicated through text and WhatsApp, which is the uh, the advice that Hillel Fold is giving for those in the business world who want to make a cold call, make it a cold text or email, and uh, these days it and might be... a call. Say it again? And, and schedule a call. If, you need, to, if you need to be on the phone, right. schedule the call. And schedule a call. Simple as that. Hillel, always a delight to speak with you. Everybody out there, follow Hillel Fold on all the social media outlets. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Keep he, doing what you're doing, Nahum. I appreciate that very much. He is the one and only Hillel Fold. Yesterday, he was giving advice that I was skeptical about when he started. I think he even indicated you got to wait till the end and think about it before you uh, draw a conclusion. Uh, but afterwards, I did think about it, and I said, hey, he's making a really good point. And sure enough, he's given us another great business tip. Uh, JM and the AM, plenty more coming up. Keep it here at the Nahum Single Network. That was my conversation with Hillel Fold. All right, Svi Nachman's out with a brand new book. Halacha Matters is the name of it. We had an opportunity to speak with him. Rabbi Svi Nachman, a guest on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Single Network. Well... There's a brand new book by Tzvi Nachman. It's called Halacha Matters, Exploring Halacha Through Engaging Short Stories. And um, Naomi and Tzvi Nachman have been amazing friends of ours for a long, long time. Uh, in addition to being a rabbi, Tzvi is a prominent attorney and uh, continues to give a weekly shear now in the five towns, sharing his Torah insights on a weekly basis at the Tree Street Minion in Woodmere, New York. And the vignettes found in this brand new book and this brand new sefer are culled from close to two decades of Rabbi Tzvi Nachman Shiurim and focused on the application of halacha to contemporary circumstances. And it's an absolute pleasure to wish Rabbi Tzvi Nachman a mazel tov on this accomplishment and to welcome him to JM in the AM. Rabbi Tzvi, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me on this morning, Nachman. A pleasure. Must be an amazing feeling to have put this all together and to finally see the book released. I agree. It's like having a baby almost. <laughs> and and the what I really love about this is that you have uh, that you've brought up um, all these different situations and topics in really interesting and fun ways with examples that are really nice. I'll give an example in a moment. And uh, and in addition to that, you've brought up 
um, topics and situations that I can't believe we've never thought of or that we don't think of enough. Just just as an example, you have in this book, in Halacha Matters, uh, and this is just one of so many, you have in this book, if, if you're in a car and you or someone in the car starts to think about or starts encouraging the driver to go into an HOV lane, which is reserved for those who have three or more people in the car, um, so you know you have to one one wonders or one might wonder whether halachically you're allowed to do that. Yes, we know that primarily what one is going to be concerned about is whether they're going to be caught by the cops. But there's a halacha aspect to it as well. And frankly, I don't know if I would have thought of that without seeing it in your book. Thank you very much. Yeah, that actually happened to us. I was driving with one of my daughters, and we had the same exact uh, back and forth over that. And it happens, it happens to be one example of it, but halacha definitely permeates our lives, and sometimes we think about it, and sometimes we sort of brush it off and don't give it as much thought as we probably should. Right. Basically, uh, halacha guides us 100% of our lives, but sometimes we just don't realize that it needs to be applied to certain specific situations. By the way, I would, I would have to assume, because I'm sure there are some people waiting with bated breath, I'd have to assume that there's probably no legitimate halachic way to, in fact, use that HOV lane. Would I be right about that? Um, there might actually be. So you should definitely read the book. Nice. There might be some het out there. Nice. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. I mean, we, we generally say Dina Damachos and Dina would govern, but there are certain exceptions. So right. Well, no, I saw the back and forth in the book. I mean, I saw that specific topic. I'm just saying that in conclusion, I guess it one might think that it might be best to avoid it. But like you said, people could read up about it in Halacha Matters. Also, I mean, I'm, I'm just going through a couple of different examples so people get a taste of how the book operates, uh, how the Safer was put together. Um, you, have a whole, you have a section about borrowing somebody's uh, uh, equipment and essentially returning it in the condition and in the same location uh, where it was you know, taken from. And the question is, can one go ahead and utilize it for their own purposes if, in fact, you know, no harm, no foul, uh, a sort of. Uh, and, and, and that's a, an interesting halakhic discussion as well. Right. That comes up probably more often than we think. Because in, in what, what, would be, what would be a perfect contemporary modern example of that? Um. It's a great question. I mean, just borrowing someone's lawnmower, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, that was the example in the in the book was right. about happened to be about a lawnmower, but uh, similar ideas could come up. And does it make a difference if it's your pen? Your 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 friend's pen is sitting on his desk, and you want to uh, use it. Right. And then, of course, the famous discussion about tefillin and borrowing someone's tefillin when nobody's in the shul. Uh, so that's a right. that's a concern as well because we want obviously we would think one would want the, the person to uh, be able to fulfill the mitzvah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You have a funny one, and again, it's not that funny for the person who made the investment, but you have here a case where someone was told to, where someone tells their broker to invest a certain number of hundreds of thousands of dollars in Snapple uh, when the broker thought it was Apple or the reverse. And I'm wondering, you know, that that must I, – I would think you'd have to go to a halachic arbitrator to come up with a solution to that one because that's a, that's, a, that's a really bad mistake and involves a lot of money. Right. It could, it could be a lot of money. I want to just reiterate one thing is that this is supposed to be the, – the safer is not supposed to be practical halacha. Right. It's supposed to make people think about the halacha. So if something comes up in your own lives about this, 
definitely go to your local Orthodox rabbi. Yeah, if you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because of broker's mistake, it would be a good idea to consult uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot right. of authority. I get that. Um, exactly. R- Rabbi Tzvi Nachman is with us. We're talking about halacha matters. Um, uh, give us another example from the book. Uh, you know something that uh, that you would think is a is a is a good indication of uh, of what you're trying to do here in terms of getting people to think about different situations. Right. So another very quick uh, example is you're taking your kids through shopping. And one of them knocks over something expensive in the store. Right. Under halacha, are you responsible? Under and I actually I talk about secular law because I do have uh, legal background. And right. sometimes when I'm speaking, and most of the time, halacha sort of measures up to what you would think the secular law would be. And sometimes it doesn't. And there's sometimes it's an interesting uh, variety in, in in a lot of these cases of how the have how the different uh resources come out. And by the way, does that case depend on the age of the child? Is that age dependent at all? Yeah, that's 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 one of that's one of the um parameters. Are you amazed sometimes, speaking to Rabbi Tzvi Nachman, the brand new Safer is called Halacha Matters, exploring halacha through engaging short stories. Are you amazed sometimes that, that, that these situations can be found in the Talmud? You know, often we think that, you know, Talmudic literature cannot relate to things that are happening in 2022, but I, I would bet that, that every situation that you explored, you found either some type of Talmudic reference or some type of uh, basis in halacha that even if it's not the exact same thing, I mean, you, know, you can't, you can't have a case about AirPods in in in, uh, in in the Talmud. We get that, uh, not the exact same thing, but you know, but but the s- situations and cases that are discussed that are comparable to what's happening in in modern day. Yeah, so it's interesting you should say that the, the case of the lawnmower actually has a parallel with someone stealing someone's ox right. and using it to plow their field. So you do it. It definitely have parallels. It may be more modern look at the the um, the fact pattern, but yes. The Gemara was really very uh, had a lot of foresight, even for those you know for those ages, and you could use a lot of what they talk about to, to apply to today's modern world. Is it um, is it common for general law? That, did you discover through this whole process that sometimes general law is more strict or takes a completely different approach than halacha and vice versa? Or I mean, you said earlier that, you know, very often they're congruent, very often they're parallel. But are there times where you're shocked that general law might be more uh, uh, might, might be more harsh or more uh, or more mockment, so to speak, in a specific case and not more lenient? Yeah. So it, for the most part, I think they do run parallel to each other. There are you know, idiosyncrasies in some over the other. Um, one of the ones I talk about is there's a state that has on its books that a repeat offender has a lot, um, the punishment that's, that's, is, that's put in place is very harsh compared to what the person actually does. And I talk about a case, I think it was in Louisiana, where somebody stole a pair of hedge clippers, and because he was a habitual thief, he ended up being sentenced to life for stealing hedge clippers. Wow. So sometimes, sometimes the secular law doesn't come out so well. I mean, sometimes it does. It depends on the application, of course.
You know, you have in chapter 36, you talk about poaching employees. And the reason I bring this up is because today it's one of the most common problems out there as people are switching jobs, what seems like on a <laughs> on a very regular basis, uh, something I think is unique to this era. Uh, and I, I guess if one goes ahead and, you know, in a non-halachic way, uh, tries to take someone away from another company, I would guess that, that it's some type of stealing, right? Some type of, uh, of, of, of actual theft from another company. Right. And your employees, in a lot of companies, your employees are your assets. That's right. how you keep the company alive. But most people may not think to, to think it through on the halakha point of view, and they think it through only on the secular side. And that's exactly the type of points that we try to try to talk about. The secular law does have different ways of um, of safeguarding their employees, but it's, it's not really the same way that we talk about it in halakha. Wow. Pretty amazing. All right. Over 50 situations are cited in Halacha Matters or brings them to the fore as he explores Halacha through engaging short stories. And every one of them, as I said, is interesting, not only because uh, there are interesting conclusions or sometimes not conclusions uh, to each situation, but uh, what what Svi has done is he has brought uh, to the forefront situations that we are in on a regular basis and we often do not think of them as Halacha queries, frankly. And uh, it makes it interesting and fun. I could see this, this safer this book being on someone's Shabbos table and reading you know uh, a, a case a week to the uh, to the table and uh, and really spurring some uh, interesting conversation uh, that's exactly what I'm hoping yeah uh, by the way every single one of these is very short right I I do a presentation you know when I when I speak at my minion and it's always under five minutes so each one of these chapters is short and, uh, like we said, perfect for the Shabbos table and uh, perfect for those who want to get a uh, a, a brief uh, overview of specific halachic matters. Rabbi Tzvi Nachman, it's a Mosaic Press uh, publication distributed by Feldheim. I'm assuming it's available everywhere at this point? Everywhere globally, as far as I'm aware. Um, I do want to say that for your listeners, it, the Safer is not expensive, but... Um, Mosaic Press is offering a ten percent discount if you buy it through them online. Nice. In the next two, it's it's through July tenth. The code is Nachman ten, one word, the capital Nachman. All right, so Nachman ten, you said. Nachman 10. Nachman 10 is the code. You go to Mosaic Press on the web. You can get a 10% discount. The book is called Halacha Matters. Rabbi Tzvi Nachman is the author. A pleasure speaking to you. Mazal Tov on the brand new Safer. And best regards to the Nachman family. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Tzvi Nachman. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.